We'll now turn our attention to God's Word for our comfort, encouragement, and study this morning. Uh, it's going to be from Matthew 18, verses 21 to 35. Before I read those words, let me give you a little bit of context for them. It's Matthew 18. The previous words, uh, Jesus has says, if your brother or sister sins against you, take them aside personally, individually, show them their fault. Get them, if, if they repent, you restore them. You give them God's forgiveness. And then he ends that section by saying, where two or three are gathered in my name, we got more than two or three here this morning, so there am I in the midst of them. And then we have our words for today. Here they are. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And that's the word we're going to look at today. Dear fellow believers in our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The phone rang. Hello, Dad. I'm in big trouble. I'm so sorry that I messed up. I'm so sorry I didn't come home when I was supposed to. The police came to the party, and they arrested me, and I'm in jail. Can you ever forgive me? The eighth grader was irked by her classmates' comments. Why are you so stupid, she hollered. Can't you see what a dumb idea that is? Her classmate burst into tears and ran out of the room. And suddenly it hit her what terrible, hurtful words she has just said. 
So she ran out of the room after her classmate, and she said, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad I said all that to you. Can you ever forgive me? The husband had been unfaithful to his wife, and he had cheated on her. When he apologized to her, he saw something die in her eyes because she was so devastated by the adultery that he had committed. In his shame, he knew not to say too much. He simply muttered, I'm so sorry. You didn't deserve that. I have no excuse for what I did. And I feel so ashamed. I just want to say how sorry I am, not only to you, but also to my God. Can you ever forgive me? This morning, God wants every one of us here at Amazing Love to put ourselves into all such situations as these and a million more like them as we ask this question for our sermon theme. How many times shall I forgive? You know, it's, it's an unnatural act, this forgiving someone else. What's natural instead of forgiveness is anger. Hmm? When someone hurts you, when someone offends you, when someone gives you pain, it's natural to be angry, to want to strike back, to hurt that person in return. And you can bet that in a fallen world such as ours, where something is always wrong with somebody, huh? where something is always wrong somewhere around us, right? in a world where people are always hurting one another in some way, and in a human heart, that is always tempted to strike back at the strikers. Hmm? You can bet in a world like that, there's going to be angry. This world will be an angry place. Angry because your classmate gossiped about you at recess, or angry because your, your co-worker sloughed off at work and left you with all that so much work to do on your own, or because the one that you committed to for the rest of your life has dumped you for another person. Oh, yes, that touches a raw nerve, and that causes anger, such as our world, because of sin. How many times shall I forgive? Well, the answer is obvious. If you're determined to hold on to your anger in life, the answer is zero. Zip. Nada. Hmm? You'll never forgive. Angry people can't forgive at all. And their unforgiveness just rises up to consume them and make them into bitter people with a huge chip on their shoulders, determined they will get their revenge when their time comes. Forgiveness means you give up the right to pay someone back. 
It means releasing a person from the guilt of what they just did against you. It means laying aside the desire to hurt some person because they hurt you. Forgiveness means pulling down the zipper on the judge's robe, yanking it off, and letting God be the judge. Oh, to be clear, forgiveness is not saying that what a person did to you is no big deal. It's all right. Just forget about it and move on in life. Huh? Oh, no. Forgiveness is in no way, shape, or form condoning what was done. Nor is forgiveness some warm, fuzzy feeling that we have inside of us towards someone else. You see, forgiveness is not an emotion of the heart at all. But rather, forgiveness is an act of the will. It is a commitment of the heart that is then displayed on the lips. And it's conveyed with words. Yes, forgiveness is forensic. That means it is a courtroom term. It's simply telling someone that you're not going to hold their anger over them. You're not going to hold their sin against them. Yes, in that sense, forgiveness is the verdict of the judge. It's communicating and as a judge this sentence. The judge speaks and says, I'm not going to count your sin against you in my relationship with you. How many times shall I forgive? That was Peter's question here in our sermon text for today. Listen to it again. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister when he or she sins against me? Up to seven times? Peter thought, as we all think, <laughs> there must be some limit to how often we're going to forgive someone else. After all, if there's no limit to forgiveness, won't people take advantage of you? I mean, if you'll just forgive someone over and over again, they'll abuse your kindness, and they'll sin all the more against you, huh? Plus, Peter thought he was really being generous with the number seven. The rabbis, the teachers of God's word of his day, said it was enough to forgive someone three times. But seven times? Come on, man. That's way too much. That's more than what anyone can ever expect. Peter must have been so proud of himself, right? thinking what a good Christian he was for suggesting that the number seven, that was the limit. But Jesus' answer blows Peter right out of the water, huh? Jesus says, I tell you, not, not seven times, but 77 times. Basically, Jesus is saying here, Peter, at seven times, you're just getting started. You're just getting warmed up. That's because you can't put a number on forgiveness. And if you want to put a number on how many times you'll forgive another person, then you don't understand forgiveness at all. You see, if you want to limit the number of times you'll, for another, you'll forgive another person, then you need to go 
and look into the mirror, right? And re-examine your own faith. Take a look at your own Christianity. You'll need to start all over again with yourself. Because if you're a Christian, you'll just forgive another person over and over and over and over and over and over again. How are we ever able to do that? Yeah. Jesus tells a story to show us how we can do that in our scripture text for today. A certain servant had a debt with his king. 10,000 bags of gold, 10,000 talents, a huge sum of money, millions and millions of dollars in today's currency. And there was no way on God's green earth that he was ever going to pay it off. He deserved to spend the rest of his time in debtor's prison. But the king, he simply canceled the debt. All of it in one fell swoop. No questions asked. No payment demanded. No commitment to pay any of it back. Just one big, beautiful, wonderful announcement from the king. The debt is canceled once and for all time. That's what God has done for us. For you. For me. For the whole world. Hmm? See, the debt in the parable is sin. Our sin. Our neighbor's sin. The world's sin. Against our holy God. In fact, one of the versions of the Lord's Prayer even puts it that way. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In the gospel of the Bible, God has said to every person in this planet, you are free of your debt. Your sins have been paid for in full. The guilt, the condemnation, the debt, Damn you for what you have done. That is all gone. And therefore I as your holy God announce to you that all your sins are forgiven. That's God's verdict to the whole human race. The Bible says it this way in 2 Corinthians. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not counting their trespasses against them. What a fabulous message hmm? that God has personally said to you, to me, to every sinner in this whole wide world, you are forgiven because of what my son Jesus Christ has done, because he lived the perfect life in your place, because he died the death you deserved in your place. I see you as holy. I see you as sinless in my sight. The story goes on. When the now free servant hits the streets, he runs into his fellow servant, someone who owed him a hundred denarii, a hundred days of wages, three months of wages, a few thousand dollars in today's money. Not a small amount of money, but not, at all, not like the debt that he owed his king. The servant demands payment. 
the man can't pay. And he begs the servant to forgive him. Still, he won't let it go. He continues to demand payment. He hands the man over to the authorities who throw the man into debtor's prison. And when the king finds out about it, we hear what he says to his servant. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. How many times shall I forgive? How can we even ask the question? Look at what God has done for us. He's taken away all of our sins. The, the 10,000 talents that we owed him. This awful load of debt that God has taken away. So many more sins of ours that we have done against him than anybody has ever done against us. And so the question is, why do so many people then refuse to forgive another person? Why is it that maybe we, as, even as Christians, struggle to forgive another person? Well, maybe our refusal to forgive someone else comes from how we think about ourselves. Maybe at times we don't think we have that much sinfulness to be forgiven of. Okay. Let me, uh, let me disavow you of that mentality. Let me help you see the 10,000 talents that you used to owe to your God. How perfect of a person are you? When you were in school, how have you treated your classmates there? How have you honored those in authority over you? How have you thought or talked about our president or our governor, or the cops, or other government officials. How pure have you been in your devotion to your God? How faithful have you been with God's word? How fervent is your prayer life? How pure have you been in your thoughts about the opposite gender? How kind have you been in your words toward the people you work with, or here in the congregation. How satisfied are you with your lot in life? How joyous are you in giving your offerings to God? How much of your tongues wagged in gossip about other people? How often have your thoughts turned to pride or rebellion? How much have you been more in love with yourself than with the God of the Bible? And I'm just getting started with my law questions, right? Not only for you, but also for me too, huh? How many times shall I forgive? You know, we can't begin to forgive another person unless we appreciate more how much we've been forgiven by our God. That's what Jesus tells us here in the parable, tells us in the key verse that we have in the, in the parable. It's verse 27, where we read it again. The servant's master took pity on him, 
cancel the debt, and let him go. How many times shall I forgive another person when he or she sins against me? The answer is simply to look at what Jesus did for you. Because there's the only power source we have to answer our question today the way God wants us to answer it. Our God took all of our sins and he put them on Jesus, his own son. God paid for the massive amount of sins that you and I have done in the past, that you and I continue to do every single day in the present, and that you and I will continue to do in the days ahead in the future. And God does that not because we're such good people, not because we're Christians, not because we deserve it, not because we have earned it in any way or shape or form, but God does that simply because he loves us and he wants us to be with him forever in heaven, period. And what God did for us, he did for that person who sins against us. And this is the power that we have from God to forgive sins when they are done against us. And we know that God has already forgiven that person who sinned against us in the blood of his son, Jesus. He's already taken that person's guilt away in Christ. And if God has done that, how can we refuse to announce that forgiveness to him or her if God has already done so? Yes, the Bible makes it clear, and it's true, that there are times when we may not be able to tell someone that they're forgiven. There are times we may not be able to announce forgiveness to a person if they're determined to continue in that sin. It's true there is a time to withhold the forgiveness of sins, this declaration. In fact, not only may we do that, we must do that Refuse to tell someone they're forgiven, but we must do so out of love. Because we know that telling them they're forgiven when they're intent on continuing to sin will only harden them in their unbelief and cause them to sin all the more. Yet even when we have to withhold the announcement of forgiveness from impenitent people in our hearts, we ache for them to repent. We want them to turn from their sin. We earnestly desire that they would confess their sin to God and to us so that we can change our tune completely. Go from the law to the gospel and tell them what God has already said in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is this message. My son, my daughter, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. This is the heartbeat of the Christian faith. This is the essence of what it means to be a Christian. It is to be eager to forgive people over and over and over again. To announce forgiveness to penitent people. For you see, whenever you announce God's forgiveness to someone else, you will always hear that announcement the loudest in your own head. So whenever you tell a spouse, a husband or a wife, that you forgive them, Really, you're humbly sitting at the foot of the cross and speaking to your own heart. And whenever you lay aside the hurt that a coworker has done to you, you are embracing Jesus' spectacular words, neither do I condemn you. And whenever you assure a neighbor 
that you're not holding a grudge against them. Your Jesus is grabbing a hold of your own heart with his love. And he's moving you to appreciate what he has done for you. Whenever you take a fellow member here at Amazing Love aside and speak the absolution to them, you are once again reveling that your name is written in heaven. This, this forgiveness of sins that Jesus has entrusted to us, it is the center of our heart. It's the center of our soul. It's the, the air that we breathe on a daily basis. It's always there at our lips, but it comes out of us from hearts of faith because God put it there by putting faith in the Lord Jesus Christ into our hearts. How many times shall I forgive? How many times shall I announce what Jesus has done for sinners? How many times shall I rejoice with another person over what Jesus has done for him or for her? My dear Christian friends, it's, it's not a matter of arithmetic. It's a matter of God's boundless grace in Christ. Amen. This peace of our God found only in the gospel. Keep our hearts and minds centered in on Jesus. Amen. We now have confession, right? Let's stand up and confess our Christian faith. We use the words of the Apostles' Creed that come to us from the second century of Christianity. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We, be we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.